Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. John, we're going to go to the book of John chapter 7. John chapter 7. And uh, we're going to get ready to, uh, to look at something. If you've been tracking with us the last few weeks, weeks um, that's it was really it's become months where we've been uh, just we started off remember talking about our purpose in God and and how important that is and the fact that we all have a purpose and we have a God-given purpose or God-given purpose needs God-given power and that sort of led us into talking about the Holy Spirit which is a um, difficult uh, subject to, to tackle in church isn't it um, because some of us have had um, different experiences surrounding the Holy Spirit. Some of us haven't encountered the Holy Spirit at all on any level and we just think it's weird. Um, others have actually can attest that um, the Holy Spirit um, is a necessity in our life. Um, others have seen crazy weird stuff and it's caused us to be pretty apprehensive when it comes to the Holy Spirit. So there's all this this, um, these diverse perspectives that we have when it comes to talking about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we went on a little bit of a journey the last couple of weeks and we're going to land the plane um, here today, Sunday, um, as, we, uh, as we head into, uh, head into Christmas. And, uh, and of course, we're going to come together Christmas Eve and celebrate here together uh, Christmas and light candles and, and uh, do fun stuff. But what I wanted to do was I wanted to share something that I think is going to bring everything to a, um, to a close, um, but also bring some clarity um, that I think is going to help you. It certainly has helped me when it comes to this, this topic and all of the different aspects surrounding the Holy Spirit. So let's look at a verse that I think really well, this uh, verse that we're going to look at, really encapsulates what is God's plan, if you like, for the role of the Holy Spirit in our life and, and sort of what does it look like? If you had to boil it down to, to you know, one sort of little, little nugget, one little nut, one little verse, um, I think this one would be it. And so it's John chapter 7 and let's read verse 37 and we'll read verse 38, but 38 is going to be my focus. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, then out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, then out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. The beginning of the next verse, we haven't read, but it said, he said this, it actually states, he said this in regard to the Holy Spirit. So I think this verse for me, and you could, we could argue different other verses um, perhaps, but for sake of my sermon, I think this verse really encapsulates what I think it means to live what we in church like to say a Spirit-led life. A life that is not led by my flesh, 
How many know my flesh? If I'm led by my flesh, I'm pretty screwed up and I'm going to be, uh, do crazy stuff. I don't want my flesh to lead me. I want the Spirit to lead me. So this verse really encapsulates what, what I think it is to, to, to live a life full of the Holy Spirit because He's saying that, 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 that He's going to be in us and then flowing out of us, right? This here to me represents a life that is full of God's presence, a life that is, is, is not just full of the Holy Spirit, but also produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You know, all the good stuff that we try and do, but then we find so hard to do because people just drive us nuts and we want to slap them and we're supposed to love them and we're meant to be kind and all of those. You know, you know the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of that stuff. I think this verse encapsulates that. I think it, it, it also, this verse, because he says, he says, I'll be in him and he says, out of you will flow rivers, not just a river, but, but rivers, which means... It means not just one, but multiple ones. So you could study it and, and, and trust me, I have. You could study it and see that Jesus is talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit being activated in your life with all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit evident. Okay, that, that to me, are you still with me? Rivers. Okay, like just, I mean, this, this, this speaks to me of a life that is, I put it like this, a life that's, that's, that's flowing, okay? Are you with me? A life, so let's do this. Let's go to school with Ben real quick and let's, uh, let's do this. So I wrote the verse up here. See that? Um, he who believes in me, as the Scriptures have said, out of his heart will, will, will flow, will flow rivers, of living water. Okay, stay with me. We're going to get somewhere, but this is really important. So this was the word. This this word here was the one that 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 I think best described what, what I think God's heart is for us to live a life empowered by the Spirit. It's it's a flow, and the reason why I liked that is because it's not something. A flow is not something that's forced, is it? And, and I think what happens is in church, when we see people do stupid, weird things, what we're watching is actually not something that's flowing, but we're watching something that's probably forced. Okay, so a flow to me, to me, if you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm visual, I visualise it, to me, a flow, is, a flow is simply that. A flow just, what does it do? It just, it flows. Well, it's deep, I know, but it it is 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 it it just it just it just happens. This is like a um uh, something that's that's natural. That's natural. That's why I love this verse so much because he's talking. It doesn't seem to me like this is weird stuff. It doesn't seem to me like this is spooky. This doesn't sound spooky to me. This sounds like a flow. This sounds like something that, that just sort of naturally happens. So I think what I want you to see, if I can jump to it, I think right here, this verse encapsulates what's the goal, if you like. 
When it comes to the Holy Spirit, Ben, what are we trying to get to? I think for us and those that are here and those that are watching right now online, I think, I think this, this is the goal. This is a life that, that's living life to the full. This describes somebody that hasn't just, just heard of the Holy Spirit. This describes to me someone that's encountered the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is not just doing something in them, but the Holy Spirit is doing something through them. This to me describes somebody that just naturally, naturally loves every single person they come in contact with. Doesn't matter who they are or what they do to them. This here speaks to me of a person that just, just gentleness, is flowing and love is flowing. This here to me also, I've got to go there. This speaks to me of someone that's operating naturally in the gifts of the Spirit. It does, it does. This to me, to me, that's what this feels like. Because the gifts of the Spirit, and he talks about in the gift of miracles, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment, the gift of tongues. It's, it's, to me, this is what this looks like. This is what this verse feels like. This to me seems to encapsulate all of it in, in, in the package or the language of something that flows. That just, I mean, it just, it just pops, you know. It just, this to me, this verse, I'm, I'm, I'm laboring on it, but I'm doing something. This to me, it speaks of just, you just, you know, your surfers call it, you just being in the pocket. Just, you're just in, you're just in a slipstream. You're just in a, in a rhythm. A golfer would call it hitting the ball in the sweet spot. You know, you know, golfers, not at me. You, you know where you don't, it just pops. It just, but this to me is just, it's a natural, just, just happens. So I think we understand that we would probably all be able to see what I'm trying to say here. This to me, I think is, is the goal. That's what, that's what we want to get to. That's what I want to get to. I don't want the spirit to be something I've got to force. I don't, I don't want, when I encounter somebody that's sick, I, I don't want to, I, I want miracles. For, for, I want miracles to just flow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if, if, if we could just flow just like that? I want it to just be so natural, you know, that I don't have to think like, oh my gosh, what do I do right now? They're going to think I'm a psycho. And, and you know, like, I would love it to just be just a flow. That's what this verse is talking about. So this right here is the goal. So if we're going to put the goal down to one word, in relation to the Holy Spirit, I would say it like this. I would say, the goal is to, you with me? Let's just write this. Let's just write the word Holy Spirit. The goal is to flow. Say flow. Are you with me? So it's flow. It doesn't seem weird, does it? Flow seems... Seems pretty natural. Flow seems like it's not something that I've got I've to generate. You know, I don't have to work it up. It just, it just flows. It flows. And so what this does is this causes me to, you know, because I'm visual, in case you haven't worked that out. And, and, and so I, I think of things as, I, as I'm trying to study stuff and teach myself stuff. I picture things in my mind that help me grasp to give me clarity as to what God is trying to teach us in His Word. So, so I started to think of, of, of something that, that, that represents a flow. 
And, and, and so I got a little, a little, you know, whatever this is, a watering can. Not much of a gardener. And, um, and so this represents a flow. So, so something that flows just, just flows, doesn't it? I know we're deep. I know it's deep. I know. But I want you to, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm going somewhere. Can you see what? Watch this. Watch this. That, that right there, that's what you call a flow. Is it forced? No. What does the flow need though? Do you know what the flow needs? A flow, in order for something to flow, it's got to be filled. Okay? I know, I know this is deep. I know this is just changing your life, isn't it? You thought I was, you thinking I'm so smart right now? Listen, in order for something, see, it's so simplistic in its natural form. The illustration is so simple, isn't it? It's so basic that when I say it, we laugh like, I mean, obviously, Ben. Why do we confuse it when it comes to our Christian life? Why, why do we, if we all agree, this is the goal, this is where I want to get to, I want to flow. We all, I think for the most part, if, if, if you're not churched and you're first time here, that's cool. I'm so pumped that you're here and stay with me. I hope that toward the end of this, this will all make sense. But for those of you here that are regulars and you would call yourself a Christian that, that, that wants everything that God has for your life and you don't want to just exist, you want to make a difference and you want to activate your purpose that God has given you, I think we would all agree that we want to flow, don't we? So if I want to flow and I want it to be natural, then I have to be filled, isn't it? Because nothing will flow that isn't full. Okay, and so that caused me to look at, look at some verses and so I started to, to look at verses. So I identified in, in my crazy ADD mind, I identified that, that I, I want us to get to the destination. It's important that you identify first where you want to go because then that helps establish how you're going to get there. All right? When you get your phone and punch into your GPS, you're going and use your GPS to get somewhere. The first thing that you put into the GPS is the destination. Okay, so that's what we're doing. We're establishing the destination. So that's where we want to get to. I want to get to a flow. So I think, I think that the, the, the step prior to flow is actually fill. I think that's what it is. And so that caused me to look at Scripture. And so I started to look through Scripture and then I saw a little pattern. I saw a pattern every time somebody in Scripture and I saw people in the New Testament flowing in this stuff that we're talking about, I was able to trace back at some point in their life preceding the flow, there was a moment of filling. It was a moment of filling. And so I started to look at it and then I saw Luke 4 and verse 1 where it actually says that Jesus came out of the desert and it actually says at that point He came out and He was Filled with the Holy Spirit. And because Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, He started to then 
flow. And then I started to look at different, different verses throughout Scripture and I saw Acts 2.4 and I saw Acts 4.8 and I started to see this pattern throughout Scripture, especially in the book of Acts where it often said this thing, that they were fit. Say it out loud. Filled. Okay, so... so but then, then as I started to see the pattern, I jumped, I, 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 I stumbled upon this verse that, that maybe many of us would know. And, and I was going through it in my mind and it's, it's Ephesians 5 verse 18 where Paul helped me out because Paul actually just jumped straight to it. I like Paul because Paul seems to me like, like this joke is a bit of a straight shooter. You know, and so Paul just jumps straight to it. And Paul says, you know what? He just says, you need to, he actually just says in Ephesians 5.18, and this is where it just helped me. Like I saw the pattern and then I thought, I just, need, I just need someone to just shoot me straight. And I thought, Paul will help me do that. So Paul just put it like this. He said, you know what? He said, you need to just be filled. That's what he said. The, 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 the words prior to this is, in fact, he draws this, this metaphor for us. It says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be full with wine, he said, because that's reckless. He said, but be filled. So this to me, be filled. This sounds like this sounds like it's not a suggestion, doesn't it? This sounds like he's saying, hey, hey, hey. Bottom line, Paul said, you want to do something great for God? You wanna you wanna operate in a flow? Straight up, there's no other way to do it naturally. Yeah, you could force it and try and do something that's not natural that will look weird. But if you want to do it natural, if you want to flow naturally in the Spirit and see what God wants you to see and walk in everything that He wants you to walk in and do it in something that just comes to you naturally, it's a flow. Paul says straight up, you have to get I feel, what am I doing here? F I, F, I was writing F I F. That says fill, okay? For all of you that are unsure, that that there, that's an L. Shut up, and that's an L too. I'm Australian, give me grace. We're a prison convict nation. Um, uh, so, so are you, are you tracking with me? So, Again, 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 listen. Once I'm full, okay? So let's backtrack. Let's look at this. Once I'm full, let's, let's go another one. Let's get this thing going. Ooh. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's get this bad boy rolling. Are you good? Here we go. Okay, I'm full. Watch, watch this. If I, if I make a decision that I'm going to get full, do you know what? I mean, when I'm, when I'm full, it's actually difficult not to flow. Do you understand? It's, 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 I, I, listen, 
Do you, so if, if in relation to your Christian walk, you said, Ben, I want to see miracles. Ben, I want to I pray in tongues. I've, I've heard of that. I've heard that people re- really walk in that and it helps them and it encourages them. I want to know how to do that. Ben, ben I want to give the wisdom. Ben, ben I want to operate in the fruits of the Spirit. Ben, I want to. You're saying you want to flow, right? So I'm saying to you right now, don't worry about flow. Don't worry about flow. Just worry first about getting full because the flow is a byproduct of a life that's full, okay? So, so when I'm full, it's almost like, oh, oh, hey, hey. You will do stuff on accident. You, when you're like, listen, when you're full, you, you're thinking, man, how do I witness? You, you, you won't. Well, hey, how was your week? Um, uh, God's amazing. God is so good. Do you know what He's doing in my life right now? I cannot. I'm so sorry. Dear Jesus, you, listen, you, you, you will start to do things by accident that you've been trying so hard to do on purpose if you just quit worrying about the flow and start focusing on the, the fill, the fill. Are you with me? So, so this is, this, so don't worry, listen. He said, Ben, I want to I do more for God. I want to walk in the Spirit. I, I want power. I want the fruits of the Spirit. I want help. Listen, don't worry about it. Forget it. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Do this, you cannot have this without this happening. I'm just telling you, you will, it will just come out of you. Joy will just start to, I mean, that, that joker will just start flowing out of you. You won't even have to say nothing. It'll just, you'll just, everywhere you go, you'll leave an imprint of where you've been and it won't be about you or who you are, but it'll be about what has filled you. Are you with me? So, so we get that now. So I think we get it. I think we get it. We're like, okay, I need, I need a fill. So remember, now we're on fill. So forget the flow now. Okay, so Ben, I get it. I get it, Ben. I want, I want to be, I want to be filled. I want to be filled. And so what I thought was would be a good way to, to answer that question because now I think we're at the same point. We're saying, okay, how do I get filled? It's a great question. How do I get filled? Like, do I just show up to church each Sunday? Like, do I, I don't know, should I like fast or should I pray or should I, I don't know, like, because I want to be filled. I, I want to be filled. So I thought, well, a good way to answer it might be to let's go to God's Word. You never know. It could be a, <laughs> it might be a good place to get an answer. And so let's look at the very first, I thought, let's look at the very first time somebody actually got filled. I thought that would be a good starting point, wouldn't it? So let's go to Acts real quick. And the book of Acts, where the disciples were gathered, the disciples had been with Jesus. And 
and they'd spent time with Jesus. And we know the story, we've been studying it. And Jesus has said, I've got to go. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So the disciples are like, wait in there. And so we know the story. It says, and in fact, I'll read it for you in two chapter four, Acts 2 chapter 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and when they were filled, they began to speak in other tongues. And, and if you follow the story, it wasn't just, just the, the gift of tongues that they started to operate. They operated the gift of miracles because people started getting healed. So it just wasn't one gift then, it was, it was two gifts. And then I think if you study it and you look at it, you, would, you could probably say that, that, that Peter started to activate a gift of faith as well because prior to that, he was scared and he got up and preached. So I think he's walking in a gift of faith. And then I think there was probably some wisdom there too. He probably started to activate a gift of wisdom because to know what to preach to this crowd, to know how to preach it and miracles and the gift of healings. It says healings happen. So this to me looks like they were filled and then they started to flow. So if we want to look at this and then answer the question, and, and, I, and I went there, I, I looked at it and I studied it and I went back and forth, back and forth. And I looked at each word and I unwrapped it and I got in the mind of the disciples and I tried to put myself in that room. And I tried to answer the question, how did they, what caused the disciples to get filled? What did they do? That, that, that positioned them in such a way. Think about it. That this was the first filling. F- you know what fill means? It's another deep one. It means to be full. Which means there's no space for anything else. It's full. So the disciples were filled. And so I looked at it and, and I started to look at the story and and I studied it and, and unwrapped it. And, and I want to want to put something to you because I've looked at this before. And, and, and as I studied it, there were a few things. It says in Acts 1 and verse 12 in the story, it says they returned to Jerusalem. This is after Jesus has gone from the Mount of, uh, called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they entered into the room, so they went up into the room all together into the room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, Andrew, all the others. And verse 14, these all continued. They continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, Mary, mother of Jesus, and with, with his brothers. So I want you to picture this. So they're there. This is, this is, they did this for a period of 10 days. And, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit filled them. So I started to look at it and I thought, I wonder what it was. What, 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 why did they get filled? What were they doing that I could do as well that would position me to a place to be filled by God? Was it, and there was so many different things that came to my mind that I think, I think, I think they're all in the story. I think there was passion. I think they were passionate. They had to be. I think they were. I think they wanted it. Uh, I think they. I think they loved Jesus. I think they were. It says that they were steadfast. It says that they were prayerful. It says that they were persistent. So, so let's just get there real quick for sake of my sermon. The word that I actually that came to me that I wrote down that I thought I thought sort of encapsulates maybe what they 
what they did is I think, I think they were just focused. Okay, are you with me? I think that's, you could use other words and stuff to, to describe it, but I think that's a good sort of generic word that, 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 that rounds up, I think, what these disciples were doing. I think these guys were, were, were focused. The fact that they stayed there for 10 days says to me they were, they were focused. So there was a focus. So then I thought how important that is because I thought of the opposite. What's the opposite of being focused? The opposite of being focused is to be scattered all over the place. And then I thought in, in terms of, of someone wanting to get, to get filled, if, if he's pouring out in my life and this represents my life and I want to get filled and I'm not focused... My life sort of looks like this, that I'm over here, I'm scattered over here and I'm worried about this going on. And it doesn't mean you don't, you, you sort of have moments where you get a bit of God on a Sunday and, and a bit, but it's not, it's not really a, a, a feeling, is it? It's not, this is sort of like a, I don't know, it's, it's, it sort of feels, it's scattered. It, it's scattered, it's not. And, and so it doesn't mean that that you don't, you don't have moments where you encounter God and sense His presence. It just means that you don't get to stay in His presence in your life or, or identify His presence and focus on His presence more than anything else, enough for His presence to actually fill you. It's not because you don't love Him. I think it's just because we get scattered. So I think, I think something that would radically help us and I'm preaching to myself would help me to get greater feelings in my life. I think for me, I think what would help me to get filled that would leave to a flow, I think for me, I'll just preach it to me so you don't feel like I'm attacking you. I think what would help me is I think if I got more focus, I think it would help me get Full. And then I know that if I get full, I'll start to flow. So this, 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 this got me to, to a place where I asked this question then. This was my question. And this, I'm going to help you in the next 10 minutes. I'm going to help you. Because the question now is, what do I focus on? People come up to me all the time. Will you pray for me? I want to speak in tongues. The biggest challenge praying for someone, I think, that wants to speak in tongues. And for those of you that don't, that would desire that and would love that and have prayed for it, you could probably attest to this. I think the hardest thing is, is what do I focus on? You know what I'm saying? It's like, and, and let's get, I'm, I'm trying to get, out of at church religious, you know what I mean, religious Christianese that we talk about. But but when it comes down to it, I think I think practically the challenge of it, what do I what do I focus on? Do I focus on blah 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 blah? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, this is what we what do I do? Do I do something? I've heard people say some of the craziest stuff. You got to tell them to start doing this or start doing that. I'm like, oh, 
I get it, but I didn't hear about the disciples in the upper room trying to force something. It felt to me like it was just a flow. What about miracles? I want miracles. I want, man, I want to see. Man, I want to preach in power. I want, to, I want the gifts. I want the gifts. I want miracles. I want power. I want Holy Spirit. I want to shunned above till the cows walk home. I want to, I want, that's an Australian term. I'm sorry. Um, I, I want to do this. I want wisdom. I want power. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. And, and as great as it's good. But, but in back to the book of Acts, when I'm asking myself, and we all want that, we want that flow. So if we want to get that flow, we've got to get filled. So in order to get filled, what do I focus on? What do I focus on? So then I looked at the story. And I began to think about the story. And I thought, what can I learn from these disciples? So I asked myself, what did they focus on? What did they focus on? It doesn't tell me. So I've got to look into it and do some some background and come to a, a conclusion myself. And so I looked at it and do you know what I wanted to preach? Let me tell you what I wanted to preach. And this, I mean, we, this would have preached because it said that they had one passion. And I've preached this before and it's true to a point. It says that they had one passion. So you know what I was going to do? I was going to get up here and I was going to say, in order to get filled, you've got to get a right focus and you've got to get your focus off the gifts and onto the giver. That sounds, see, you want to shout, don't you? Because it sounds good. And it sounds good because it is good. Because let's be honest, the disciples they didn't know what the outpouring was going to look like. People say they went up there and they were hungry for tongues. No, they weren't because he didn't tell them it was going to look like tongues. So they didn't know what to be hungry for. So their one passion, you could say, and I've said it before and it's true to a point. Their one passion, their one focus was just Jesus. And I've preached it before and I so badly wanted to preach it. Listen, I wanted to preach it. It was about three o'clock, four o'clock last night, yesterday afternoon. And I got to this point and I thought, okay, I'm going to preach that. And I'm going to say, if you would just focus not on the gift, but focus on the giver, this is what I was going to do. This, and I was going to get this. And I was going to say, if you would get your focus off wanting the gift and you just want the giver and you say, I just want Jesus. And I was going to get this and I was going to go like this. And at this point in my mind, you were all like, yeah, this is what, I'm just, let's go. This is where, and I'm going, yeah. And we just, I don't want a gift. I just want the giver and let the giver to determine what gift he wants to give. Come on, come on. Let's go there. Let's go as far. Uh, what he wants to give me. And then he'll pour into my life and then I'll pour out because it doesn't matter what the. That's, that's what we were going to do. <laughs> it felt good, didn't it? It felt good. And it's right. But there's another layer. I got to this point and I was ready to go and, and I was going to walk out. Walk out. I'm done. Okay. I'm done. Praise Jesus. Let's go. Let's preach this. Let's shout and scream. We'll go home happy. Focus on Jesus. 
And then as I'm, I'm about to start packing up, I felt like the Holy Spirit just say to me this, is that what you can preach? <laughs> Do you know what it felt like when me and my wife are going to go to dinner and, and, and my wife's ready to go out and she's dressed and I'll come down dressed and she'll look at me and say, is that what you're going to wear? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I mean, I was, but apparently there's something wrong with it. Like, and the Holy Spirit said, is that what you're going to preach? And I said, I mean, <laughs> yeah. And the Holy Spirit was like, huh. I'm like, I mean, what, what does that mean? Who are you talking about, huh? So, this is how we mean God talk sometimes. I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, no, no, that's good. <laughs> so I said, fine. Show me something else. If, 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 if there's more to it, show me something else. So I looked at it and, and, and as I started to look at it, the Holy Spirit said to me, let me show you something. He said, what you're going to preach is right in a way, but there's more to it. And then he took me to a verse that completely screwed up my sermon which God will do at times. Luke 11 and verse 9. Because remember, I was going to tell you, don't focus on the gift. I was going to tell you, don't worry about miracles. Don't worry about focusing on tongues. Don't worry. I was going to tell you that'll come naturally. You've got to get filled. And to get filled, you've got to focus on the giver. And then he showed me this verse. Luke 11 and verse 9. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it'll be opened. If a son asks for bread from his, from his father among you, are you going to give him a stone or if he asks for fish, are you going to give him a serpent instead of a fish? Verse 12, or if he asks for an egg, are you going to give him a scorpion? Verse 13, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And let me tell you why this screwed everything up for me. This, this is not telling me to ask for the giver, is it? He says, Ask and it will be given. What's it? What you're asking for. He's not talking about, he's not talking about asking for the giver. He's saying, no, no, no. Ask for the giver, but, but also it's okay to want the gift. And then I was like, this is messing with me. This is messing with me because my theology has always been to just want Him. You know, 
God, I just want you. And it feels like a real holy thing to say. And then, and then he reminded me of the, the metaphor that he used in this, like a dad that gives his son a gift. A dad that gives his son a gift. So I thought, hey, Luca, Luca, are you good? Come here. Come up here. I've got something for you. Come here. I'm going to get my son to help me preach this. Come here, bud. I love you. You want me to hold you? Yeah. Oh, my big boy. I love you. You good? You want to wave and say hey? Say hey. I'm so proud of this kid. Listen, let me read you something. He, uh, he, it was his birthday, two, was it two weeks ago? And uh, his, um, his teacher gave him a birthday card. And on the birthday card, this is what his teacher wrote. She wrote this. She said, you are such a special, loving and gentle child. You always bring so much joy to our classroom. I love that you always tell your friends that Jesus lives in their hearts. Love, Miss Kim. I was so proud of this kid. Are you clapping yourself? Hey, listen. Because you're such a good boy, hey, because you're such a good boy, what's happening this week? Christmas. Christmas. That's right. I got you. Look, I got you an early Christmas present. You want this? Okay, stand in here. Stand right there. You want to open it? Open it. Pull on that. I've got it for you. All right. Take the paper off. I got this. They wrapped it good for you. You want me to help you? What'd you get? Okay. <laughs> Hey, I love you. Give me a kiss. Go down there to mama. Go to show mama what you got. <laughs> Quinn, you can come. I wanted to use him to, to, for an illustration because I think there's so much power in the simplicity of our children that we can learn so much from when it comes to relating to our Heavenly Father. What got Luca? So, see, right now he's, opera, he's walking in a gift. He's enjoying it. He's unwrapping it. He's flowing in it. So what led to that? Let me ask you this. What got Luca up on stage? I was thinking about it because whenever you use a, a, a child for an illustration, there's so much risk because you don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> so, so I thought this thing's got to be just clutch. It's got to be strong enough to get him up here and get him walking away with a gift. So what was it that got him up? Do you think it was 
the gift? Do you think it was the giver? Was it because he loves presents so much? Or was it because he loves and trusts his dad so much? Or was it both? Because I don't think if I had a stranger up here that he didn't know and he didn't trust, even if the stranger had a gift to give him, I don't know that Luca would go up to that stranger. In fact, I hope that he wouldn't. (laughs) And on the flip side, if I didn't have a gift up here, I know he loves me. I know he trusts me. But there's a bit, you know, there's over a thousand people out here. He's full. I think if I didn't have a gift, as much as I know he loves me and trusts me, I could. There's a there was a chance that he might not have come up. So, the answer to to what we need to focus on and ask for is not actually one or the other. It's both. Because I'm his dad. And you know what? He's four. So if he wants to come up here just to get a gift from me, I'm okay with that. He's four. He's, he's, if we forget about who we are called to be as children. He says, Jesus says, come to me like they do. What, what, what do you focus on? Listen, it's not just the giver. It's also having a desire, Paul said, earnestly desire the gifts. This is where, listen, churches have divided over this argument. That's what they've done. And they've made a decision to say, are we going to be a church that just goes and says, well, we're going to pray for tongues and we're going to believe for miracles and we're going to speak in the Holy Ghost and we're going to do this. We're going to swing way over this way. And then other churches have said, well, we're going to just focus on, we just love God. We're going to love God and just just put all of that aside because we're just about Jesus. And, and so this over here becomes stale and, and it doesn't, it feels like there's got to be more because there is. But then over here, this over here feels weird. Because if you don't acknowledge the giver, the giver of the gift is God the Father who does nothing outside His Word. So He creates boundaries for us to operate and activate the gifts in a way that allows order for the house of God in a corporate setting, but also gives people the freedom to operate in the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit. It's not one or the other. It's both. Because when I looked at Acts, I had to look at it and I had to look at it. And Jesus had talked to them and He said to them, I'm gonna send someone. I'm gonna send the promise. You cannot tell me those disciples were in that room just thinking about, I love Jesus. You know what they were thinking about? Yes, I love Jesus. 
But man, I want whatever thing He was talking about. I don't know what it looks like, but, but I, I don't just want the giver. I also want the gift. I think they wanted both. I think they wanted both. And, and if it was okay for them to say, God, I want both, then I thought for me, I want, I guess, I, get, I didn't want to preach this. I want to preach the other. But then the Holy Spirit started to speak to me. And He said, Ben, remember when you walked into that doctor's surgery with Caressa? And she's pregnant and they did that scan. And they told you you were having a boy. And you knew you wanted to call him Luca. And then the doctor stopped and looked at the screen closer. Went and got an expert in. And they said that there was a cyst on his brain. What did you ask me for? I said, God, I, I asked for a miracle. He said, yeah. What did I give you? I said, you, you gave me a miracle. And then he said, remember when they brought you back? couple of appointments later and they were concerned about the position of his hands and said that it was a marker for Down syndrome. He said, Ben, what did you ask me for then? I said, God, I asked you. I asked for healing. I asked for a miracle again. He said, yeah. What did I give you? I said, you, you gave me it. He said, remember when it was so overwhelming and, and, and you didn't know what to pray? And you started to just pray in the Spirit because the words, you, you couldn't in your mind even comprehend what you're walking through in that moment. And you sat in your car. What did I give you then? I said, God, you gave me a gift of praying in tongues. And it encouraged me and I felt the Spirit take over. That's, he said, remember when you were asked to preach at a, at a youth event? And, it, and you thought it was going to be a church event and, it, and you showed up and it wasn't. It was a, a, it was a punk rock band. And thousands of teenagers showed out to, 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 to listen to this unsafe punk rock band. And the organisers were Christian and they carved out 30 minutes in the middle of their set in front of thousands of teenagers for you to get up and preach. I said, yes, I remember that. He said, remember when you were standing side of stage in the dark about to get up to, to preach and you were so scared, you didn't know what you were going to do and you'd never been in that position before. What did you ask me for? I said, I asked God for a gift of faith. And God said, and what happened? I said, I got up and... and, and and I preached and something came over me. And I felt the power of God and the presence of God as, as, as miracles started to break out and young people gave their life to Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit took over. He said, yeah. He said, remember what happened in the green room after? I said, I remember that. 
I said, I remember in the green room after when the manager of the band came up to me and sat, stood in front of me in a green room where the band were drinking and hanging out and the unsaved manager stood in front of me and said to me that when he was younger, something happened to him. Somebody did something to him that radically has influenced his entire life and that he's tried through doctors and counsellors and psychiatrists to get free. But he said to me in that green room, I, I said that prayer that you got those kids to pray. And, and God said to me, and this is what God was speaking to me. He said, and what did He say to you then, Ben? And I said, God, He said to me that when He prayed that prayer, that He felt a weight lift off Him. And He asked me in that green room what that was. And the Lord said, and then what happened? I said, God, I, I felt faith come upon me and this spirit, this courageous spirit in a green room where I told this guy to raise his hands and I laid hands on him and God, I felt like God get excited and said, then what happened? And I said, the power of the Holy Spirit filled that green room and this guy got filled with the Holy Spirit in a green room at an unsafe punk rock concert because you put me there. He said, remember when Remember when you were preaching? You remember what it was like when those two Muslim girls covered head to toe with burqas walked down the front? You remember what it was to look at them and see their burqas soaked in tears while they encountered the presence of God and got saved? Do you remember that? I said, I remember that, God. He said, remember what you found out that week? I'd, I'd forgotten half of this stuff. I said, I remember. He said, remember when you got called into a meeting with the chief of police because they were so concerned about what God was doing through the youth ministry in the Muslim community and they were concerned about backlash, not from the girls, but from their husbands and their boyfriends? I said, yeah, I remember that. He said, remember when the police told you that one of the girls was a member of one of the most violent Sudanese Muslim gangs in the city and they were expecting that her boyfriend was going to show up to a service and they were concerned that they sent undercover police to be in the youth ministry? I said, I remember that. He said, and what happened? I said, I, I, I preached that next week. And he said, remember when you were preaching and halfway through your message, a door opened in the side of the arena and in walked three of these guys. He said, remember what you felt? And I said, yeah, I remember. I thought, dear Lord Jesus, I'm going to die. And he said to me, what happened? I said, God, as I was praying, as I was preaching in my heart, I asked you for that gift of faith that would be fearless that would be so strong and solid in the power of Jesus Christ and the message of the cross that it would turn anybody's heart around. Your Word says you can turn the hearts of kings. And I felt something come over me, my spirit. And I said in my spirit as I was preaching, devil, I don't know who the hell you think you are, but you just showed up in the wrong room. I remember, I remember something come over me and I preach Jesus the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that it'll set anybody free the darkest most bound 
most bitter, most hateful, most broken, most hurting person on the planet, the blood of Jesus can set you free. And God said, and what happened? I said, God, I preached and then I didn't hold the call. He said, and what happened then? I said, God, I still can't believe it. I remember preaching. And as I did that altar call, these boys started to walk from the back to the front. He said, what happened then? I remember because I was freaking out. I thought this is either really good or really bad. I thought they're either coming to kill me or get saved. He said, and what happened then? I said, they stood at the front in the altar, four of them. And he said, and what happened then? I said, and God, you told me to lay hands on him. And I did not want to. But as I just did it, I still felt a lot of fear. But I made a choice I was going to respond to the faith and not the fear. He said, and what happened? I said, God, I laid hands on these boys. And the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. And I'm just telling you the story. The next thing I knew, there were four boys laying flat on their back on the floor with tears streaming down their face. And I remember us, I remember standing there. And God, for sake of time, He talked me through time after time after time. And He said this. He said, Ben, every time you asked me for a gift, did you? it wasn't like you didn't love me. It wasn't like you were not hungry for me. You weren't ignoring the giver, but you were asking for a gift. He said, that's how I work. Because the gift draws you closer to the giver. And then he said this, and this is where I'm going to close this. He asked me this. He said, Ben, what did you pray every single time after one of those events happened in your life? Whether you were driving home or you were back at a hotel room or back at your house, what have you prayed every single time? And then suddenly it hit me. And, 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 and that's what I think this whole thing comes down to. And, and I've studied and studied and studied. And, and as I've looked in the last probably three weeks, I've probably maybe four weeks, I'm probably up to nearly a hundred hours of studying the Holy Spirit. And I've looked at it from every angle. And I've tried so hard to try and put it in a way that'll help you get it. And then it hit me because I thought, God, what? If, if you've got to boil it down to just one thing to, to, to do this, and, and, and so many things that we've talked about on so many different layers and so many different levels. And, and that's when it hit me and he asked me again, he said, what did you always pray? And this is the key. 
every time God did something, I would walk away and I remember I would always pray this. I would say, God, I just want more. I want more. I want more of the gift. I want more of the giver. I want more of your presence. I want, I want more miracles. I want more, I, I want more wisdom. I want more faith. I want, if it's in your word, then I want it. And I don't care what it looks like. I, I just, I just want more. If these little moments where I've seen God move is a taste, I want more of that, God. I want more, man. If you can, if there is a Holy Spirit power that, that I can operate in, that if there's something available on the level that, that'll activate a life-transforming power that would radically transform a life and fill them with the Holy Spirit in a moment, then give me more of that. I just So as we close this whole thing we've done, if I was to give you one thing, just pray this with a sincere heart that trusts your heavenly Father. Just say, God, I just I want more. And if you ask Him for more, you, that you will get so filled to the top to overflow. And then you know what you do? You start to pour out. And then what you do is you come back. You come back to Him and you say, God, do it again. Give me more again. Give me more again. Give me more again. You know about my kids, and I will close. You know about my kids? My kids always, they're two and four, they always just want more of everything. They want more food. They want more drink. They want more presents. They want more of us, me and my wife. If you've got young kids, you know what I'm talking about. They want more. Hold me. Pick me up. Sit with me. Play with me. Stay with me. Talk to me. Read with me. Take me for a walk. I want more food. I want more drink. Do you know what kids are great at? Wanting more. And God says, that's what I want. He says, forget. He says, learn from all of this stuff, but don't study it, but don't get so rigid in it. Come to me like a kid. Let as you read the Word, let it stir a faith to say everything that I read in that Word, I want. If I can have it, I want I want every stinking possible thing that you paid the price for. I want to walk in all of it in its fullest form, whatever it looks like. I don't care. I just want more. 
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Free Chapel OC.